Welcome to Make Your Marketing. I'm your host, Pia Larson, Chief Imagination Officer here at Fingerprint Marketing. Just like other small business owners, I had to learn how to navigate marketing and found there was no such thing as an automatic when it comes to driving your business. You need to know how to shift. That said, there's no reason to stall or come to a stop. With the right guide, you can be in the driver's seat and lapping your competition in no time. Welcome back to the Make Your Marketing Podcast. I am joined today by Jody Daniels. She is the founder and CEO of Red Clover Advisors. They are a privacy consultancy that brings data privacy, strategy, and compliance together with its flexible and scalable approach that simplifies data privacy. So all the things in your your website footer, like terms of service, privacy policy, cookie policy, we're going to chat with her today. Welcome to the show, Jody. Thanks for joining me. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So um, we're going to geek out today. So I know just enough to be dangerous on the privacy rules on your website. So I'm going to just dive in. Can you tell me a little bit about I know privacy is important today, but why is it so important in 2021 going into 22? What does it do for my business to really address this? Yeah, two very important things. The first is there's some laws that say you need to have this. And for anyone who wants to be a good corporate abiding citizen, you generally decide that you're going to comply with laws. Most companies don't say, I don't like that law. I'm not going to comply with it. So number one is there's laws. It depends on where you are, which law applies. And the other reason is because that's what customers expect. Customers want to know what is happening with their data. They want to know what you're collecting, how you're using it, and who you're sharing it with. And where do you find that? You find it in the privacy rules. Right. And it's even more now. So because they're just, you know, the media and there's just so many things going on that you're hearing out there about hacking and, and how people are using your data. So it's getting scarier and scarier. When you were talking in another podcast I was listening to, you, you mentioned that two thirds of Americans just don't trust companies online anymore. And then you also mentioned that 80% will do business with uh, and trust a company if they follow a privacy or have a privacy compliance law on their website. Is that how it's always been? Or is it is trust like the number one thing right now? We're moving into an era of customer trust being so important when it comes to data. And well, you might say, well, why? Yeah. The first is because we've learned that companies didn't do things the right way. Yeah. And kind of take yourself back to kindergarten. When someone didn't follow the rule, what happened? Yeah. Now everyone has to sit on their spot until so-and-so is allowed to go, right? Yeah. There was a Someone broke the rule, did something they shouldn't have. Now there's a rule. Yeah. And the same is kind of true in the privacy space. There there was no rule. It was the wild, wild west. And all kinds of companies were doing wonderful things with data and providing tremendous value. And then there were a whole bunch of companies who decided, oh, I can abuse this. I can take this data and do anything I want with it. Why? Especially in the United States, no law that said I couldn't. Yeah. A few exceptions when it comes to health and financial data, a few other tiny exceptions. But generally speaking, go shopping online. My data is up for grabs. Yeah. Thousands of companies in the marketing space 
sharing, collecting, putting all this data together, doing what they want with it, kind of made customers say, hmm, not super happy. Yeah. At the same time, the rise in security incidents is because there's so much data online. That's an opportunity for people who think being a bad actor is a great career for them. Mm-hmm. They get paid a lot of money. Yep. And there's a rise in doing that. Now you have companies or consumers rather who are not Sure. How are you going to protect my data? I only want to do business with you if you protect my data. Anyone listening ever bought from a website and picked PayPal, mm-hmm. or maybe Amazon Pay or Apple Pay over giving the site your credit card? Why? Why did you do that? Mm-hmm. Trust you did that yep. because you trust PayPal mm-hmm. more with your data than you do with the site. Now take out the financial information and you're left with all the regular information. What are you doing with that information? I do love stats, and my favorite one at the moment is 52% of customers will not buy a product or service because of a concern of a privacy and security. Wow. All the marketing, one in two aren't going to buy because they're concerned over how you're using the data. That all boils down to customer trust. Yeah, that's huge. So is it just enough to have a privacy policy in my footer? Like, I know there's more thought behind it. Like, what kind of information am I supposed to give people in my privacy policy? I know there's tools to gen- auto generate them, but do those tools work and are they effective? So as the privacy professional who writes these kinds of policies, I like to believe that you really want to make sure that the privacy notice connects with your brand, your tone and what you're actually doing. What is the point of a privacy notice? Yeah. The point of a privacy notice is not to just check the box. Yeah. The point is to say, here's what I collect. This is the kind of data I'm collecting. I'm collecting your name and your address. I'm collecting your name, address, and birth date. Your name, address, birth date, and your kids' names and everything that I ever wanted to know about them. Whatever you're collecting, tell me. How are you using it? I'm using to market to you, to stalk you, to sell you stuff, to make sure there's no fraud. What are you doing with it? Are you sharing it with people? Do you share it with service providers? Do you share it with Facebook? Do you share it with LinkedIn, Pinterest, Bing, Chrome, fill in the blank? Who do you share it with? Do you sell it because someone said, gosh, I'd love to buy that? Mm. You have these main sections. Then you have all kinds of other required sections, a little bit more of the legal requirement part. There's also everything around cookies. Mm. And all the major players require certain pieces to be in that privacy notice. If you're using Google, they have special requirements. Facebook, LinkedIn, pick all of them. They have their own special requirements. And again, it should be a reflection of the tone. This is where when someone has a question, that's where they go. And your privacy notice should match what you're actually doing on the website. If you go and get a privacy notice and six months later, you do something different. Now it's not aligned. Yeah. One of the other big items in the privacy notice today is around this idea of individual rights, meaning not just I can unsubscribe from an email. I also can ask you to delete my information. Mm. I was working with a company earlier this morning. They received a request that says, I want to have my information deleted. I got an email from you back two years ago. I know you have my information. The privacy notice has the link of how to get that request entered, submitted. The company, so it's not just enough to have the link. You actually have to know, oh, well, what would I do when someone submits it? What, what, where is my information? Yeah, how would you know? Like, what, what if you don't have that so you information? you have to go backwards yeah. 
Yeah, you have to go backwards. You have to know your data. Mm. If you listen to anything I say, it's know your data, know your data, because that's the foundation to writing your privacy notice, to answering that individual rights request, and to using it properly to address what we just talked about, which is earning customer trust. What what if I'm a company that doesn't collect name, like I don't have an opt-in, I'm not collecting credit cards, I'm just a service industry, you know, doing consulting, like, I mean, almost every consulting page still has a contact us. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's there's typically some kind of input. Please enter in your email address. Okay. And it might be a lead magnet. Okay. That email address counts as personal information. A lot of people think personal information is only financial information or name plus my address. Mm-hmm. Just my email. It also. It also for, for includes privacy notice. Plus, if you're doing anything with maybe a Google Analytics, or if you have any kind of social media, you might have some cookies on your site, and you want to talk about those. Okay, so that counts as well. Um, that counts as well. The cookies is personal information in today's era. Cookies is personal information. Are you running a Facebook campaign, a Google Ad campaign, um, a Google Analytics? That's all personal information. So it gives them a choice too, right? They can opt out. Of the policy. Yes. Right. And depending on where you, uh, your customers are, you might have opt in or opt out. It kind of depends on where your customers are, not where you are, mm-hmm. but where your customers are. For example, if you are a global company, mm-hmm. you're trying to attract people from around the world for your services. You have to deal with GDPR. Yeah. If you're a U.S. only company and really you're only dealing with U.S. companies, you likely don't have to deal with GDPR. The exception to that is if you are a service provider and maybe the information that you're processing as a service provider. So maybe you're an agency listening Mm -hmm. and you have a client, the client's based in the United States, but that client has global customers. You are doing their work and they have global customers. So you're seeing Jody from France and Jody from Germany and Jody from Spain. When you're working on behalf of that client, wow, you're what we call a service provider, or in GDPR speak, a fancy word called a processor, which might change your obligations a little bit. So I'm an agency. So if I have a global client that I'm doing business for, I need to have that GDPR compliance on my website or policy. It's, that's a complicated question. Okay. Kind of depends on the kinds of things that you're doing. Okay. But you as an organization have to do some items and some steps to comply with GDPR. It's not just the privacy notice and it's not just the cookies. There's other items that you have to do. You have to secure data. You have to make sure that people are trained properly. You have to protect the data. You can only use the data for certain purposes. There's a variety of steps and items that you as a service provider have to deal with. The privacy notice and the cookie banner are really just, think of it like the window dressing. It's kind of the outside big sign to the universe that says, hi, here's what we're doing. Yeah. As a service provider, you're also often doing other things, other tasks that are the core business and you list them, but your obligations to your customer are going to be kind of between the two of you, typically in an agreement in some type of contract. So one last question about GDPR that I've been asked before is if I have a newsletter or opt-in and let's say someone from England signs up, is that covered by GDPR or is that just... It absolutely is. Okay. 
You're covered by GDPR. You're also covered by something called the e-privacy directive that gets kind of forgotten about. Mm. The e-privacy directive is actually the digital marketing uh, regulations, mm-hmm. if you will. That's what you're supposed to follow. Mm. It intersects with GDPR. Here we have can spam. We have the TCPA. We have the digital advertising lines. We have all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. We have some other state laws. But from a privacy perspective, we have GDPR plus this other law. What does that really boil down to for most countries? It is a opt-in consent mm. to be able to send that email and you want to have a privacy notice that addresses that. And then tr- technically speaking, you also, I've talked about know your data. You should document that. It can be as simple as spreadsheet. Yeah. That says I collect email, I put it in MailChimp mm-hmm. and I use it to send emails. Yeah. And just it can be really basic. And for those of you who didn't pick that up on the opt-in versus opt-out, when you're signing up for a newsletter or, or a lead magnet, the the best practice many years ago used to have the check mark, the box already check marked, so people would not uncheck it or they'd forget or they just run. Now they have to physically. You you can't have that box automatically checked, right? That's absolutely right. I'm so glad you pointed that out. There's a variety of very specific steps of what consent means. And consent under GDPR has a variety of very specific steps. The most important is not pre-ticked. I have to actually do it, but it has to be specific to what I'm opting in. Mm. It can't be a condition of service. There's a variety of items. What's happening is that definition is kind of moving to the United States. In some places where you're going to need consent, we're not in an email opt-in in the United States. But for a couple places where we're going to move to consent, mm-hmm. it's now needing to be the GDPR level of consent. That's kind of becoming the world standard yeah. for what consent needs to look like. And then we have all these different uh, laws that are geographically like state-based. So we've got California. I'm sure there's more, but that's the one that's top of mind. You know, as a small business, how do I make sure that I'm compliant with all different states? So right now we have California that has a comprehensive privacy law. Uh There's a new version of California privacy law coming in January, 2023. Okay. A new one in Virginia coming January, 2023. And a new one in Colorado coming July, 2023. Okay. Three down, privacy people say 47 left to go. There will be some other states to come along. The best place is if you have an attorney, a privacy professional, Uh, Kind of think about your industry trades. Many of them are starting to cover some of these different privacy laws. Mm -hmm. But much like how you have, if you're a business owner, you have someone responsible to help you with finance or tax issues. You have someone hopefully to help you with HR or payroll issues. You want to have the same thing now for privacy. Privacy is just now another slice of doing business. And so the individual state policies, is that if my company is located in that state or is that just if someone from California opts into my Seattle, Washington lead magnet on my website, I have to have that covered, right? How is that? The latter. Okay. It does not go with where you're based. It goes with where the customer is. Okay. These privacy laws are all about the customer. Yeah. And it follows where they are located as opposed to where the business is located. The interesting exception is if the business is located in California you might have to deal with the employee privacy laws that are coming also from the California law. The United States 
laws don't deal with employee privacy the same way that GDPR, for example, covers everybody. Here in the United States, we've kind of sliced them out, except California. California is a little bit more akin to GDPR, where it covers employees and customers. Now, I like your advice of of hiring a professional because that's what I tell my clients. But is there a central area that I can get like up to the minute new privacy policy information? Is it your website? Is it a a government website? Where can I get all the information in one place? We certainly have lots of information. We would love for you to come visit. Okay. Just redcloveradvisors.com. We try and put out really... uh, easy to understand, actionable, simplified information. Awesome. If anyone finds this really fun and interesting, the Privacy Association has a daily dashboard. Oh. And anyone, I think anyone can sign up for the daily dashboard in the emails or you can follow them on LinkedIn. Okay. Warning, it is very technical. Okay. There's a lot of information. Okay. And that's but where you come in where, the, where you can translate. <laughs> yeah. That's what we try and do. We try and help translate. But but some people might find this really fun and interesting. And it's the IAPP, Information Association of Privacy Professionals. Okay. IAPP.org. Okay. Is full of all kinds of information you'd ever want to know. Yeah. And and then I think you have a quiz. I took it on your website. It was kind of cool where you um, just put in your website address and it spits out a great audit of whether you're in compliance and where you're missing out on. Is that, is that correct? Uh, that is actually a different site that you did that on. Oh. I have a quiz that will walk you through basically trying to understand what you're collecting and you're using and sharing. Okay. give you a sense of where you are from a privacy standpoint okay. and what you might want to focus on. For okay. example... Some companies have no idea what to do, and you need a starting point. You need some guidelines. We have a great report that will come out if that's where you fall on our quiz. It just takes like literally less than two minutes to answer the quiz. It's ten okay. questions, and I'll make sure that's very, in the in the show point. notes so people can take it because I think it's it's a yeah. good place to go to get a baseline and, and start the conversation. Um, yep. Okay. Cookiebot so- is a is a website. I do think I have Cookiebot listed on my uh-huh. site. CookieBot is a one of the cookie consent tools out there. I like CookieBot or CookiePro. And CookieBot, I think, is the one that will do a quick scan of your website from a cookie perspective okay. and tell you what you have. Okay. Uh, and CookiePro might do that. I'm not actually sure. Okay. So what are you seeing? Um, what are the top, like, just errors that small businesses are making in this arena? Like what are some of the egregious mistakes or things that they're just not they conscious copy of? copy someone else's privacy notice. Oh yeah. Don't copy someone oh, else's yeah. privacy notice. It's not your business. Yeah. You are responsible for your business. Copy what is relevant. You need your own relevant privacy notice. So don't do that. Okay. Um, the cookie banner piece. Most people get cookies all wrong. It's all cookies are not created equal. All cookie banners are not created equal. You don't always need a cookie banner. So getting familiar with what your site is and where you are to make sure you have the right cookie banner. The quick preview in the United States, it is an opt-out philosophy. Okay. In the EU, it is an opt-in philosophy. Okay. They're different. Okay. Um, Good designation. So getting the cookie piece accurate is important. And then I think the other really big one is thinking it doesn't apply to you, that you're too small. Yeah. And I can't overestimate and share that, especially if you're a service provider, you're doing anything for somebody else. Those companies require their vendors, their service providers to comply with these laws. And this is the movement. This is where we're going. It's it's competition to be able to say, you're paying attention to privacy. 
if you're in the B2C space and you're trying to, your small business and you're trying to compete with bigger companies, it's the same thing. Yeah. Those big companies are going to take privacy and security seriously. Yeah. And you're, I, Jody, the customer, I'm going to expect the same of you. Yeah. So not only is it the law, um, but it's also your, your competitors are taking notice and, and, and you have to stay at current. Um, and also the trust factor. I think even during COVID and the pandemic, um, that transparency has become even more important. I think people are getting more serious about protecting their data than ever before. Um, I know you have a hard stop in one minute, so I wanted to take a moment to say thank you. And also just remind the audience, where can they get more information at redcloveradvisors.com, right? Yes, that is the best place to come. You okay. can easily find the quiz at the top of the page. We have a variety of resources and we're all about trying to simplify privacy practices okay. for any size company, whether you're a startup to a large multinational. Okay, great. And I would uh, love to have a conversation about cybersecurity at some point, too, because I know your your partner in crime, so to speak, yes, yes. <laughs> is we big have on that. Podcast yeah. We can certainly come back and talk about that. Yeah. So it was, it was great geeking out with you, Jody. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Really appreciate it. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the Make Your Marketing Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit our website for show notes and additional episodes at makeyourmarketingpodcast.com. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing. This helps other potential listeners find us and share the goodies with them. And by the way, you can also email me because I'd love to hear from you. Email me at pia at fingerprintmarketing.com with feedback, questions, a topic, anything that you want to chat about. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>